Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text today is our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 18. So I want to start by asking you, what debt do you owe? Who do you owe it to? I mean, maybe it's a mortgage. 100000 200000 maybe more. It's your house, right? But, but really, though, isn't it the bank's until it's paid in full? What about the credit card? That 0% interest rate is long past, and the 12 to 28% interest rate is starting to compound on, on what you still owe. School loans? 50, 100, 200,000 or more for an education that, if you're honest, you wonder if that debt was worth it. Debt is something owed to someone else. And the thing with a debt is that until it's paid in full, you're obligated to make payments. And if you're making payments, well, you're not free. The one to whom you owe holds a certain power over you. Now, I mean, to an extent, we're all okay with that, provided that we can make our payments. But when the debt becomes too much, it's overwhelming and it can be all-consuming. That's the parable illustration Jesus uses in this section of Matthew's Gospel. There is a servant, we hear, who owes a debt, and not just any old debt. This debt is one that he could never hope to ever repay. I mean, how big is this debt? Well, we hear 10,000 talents. Now, just one talent was 20 years worth of wages for a laborer. So this amount of 100, or sorry, 10,000 ta- talents, it was likely more than uh, the money that was being circulated in Jerusalem during that time. It's as if Jesus was saying that this servant owed a billion dollars, which, for the record, is 1,000 million. What do you do when you owe and there's no hope for repayment? File for bankruptcy? Well, maybe. Do you plea for mercy? That might work. But this servant does neither. Instead, this servant is, is begging for patience. That's interesting. He's begging for patience. He's looking for more time. And the thing is that there wouldn't be enough time in his life to even make a dent in the debt that he owed. You might say that this servant was delusional. He was deceiving himself. Now, the king already had in mind to, to seize everything that this man had, including his wife and his children. The repo repayment plan was in effect, which is what you would likely expect. But there's something different about this king. This king has pity on this delusional servant. So much so that the king released him and forgave his debt. All 10,000 talents. More money, that was, more money that was circulated in Jerusalem at the time. One billion dollars. This king gives it all. 
Who among us would, would love to have the bank or the, the mortgage company or the, the federal financial aid center take your debts, tear them up, and say to you, they are forgiven. No more debt. No more worrying about making payments. No more fear of compounding interest. No more concerns that you'll be dispossessed of your dwelling. No more worry that your car or your boat will be repossessed. I mean, what freedom! Can you begin to imagine what you might do in a situation like that? Hmm. Wait. What would it take for a lender to do such a thing? Would it take pity on their part to forgive such a debt? I mean, slim chance. The money needs to be paid by someone. The debt is owed. Somebody needs to cover the cost. And it sure enough isn't going to be the lenders. The king? Well, the king forgave the debt by covering the cost. The king pays the price of what this man owes, all because he was moved by pity for the man who could never hope to repay such an astronomical debt. Now, one would hope that this man, forgiven such a huge debt, would be the freest and the most generous individual who would ever walk the face of the earth. He had been set free, fully restored. His property was returned. His wife and children were returned and reunited with him. You would think that out of the overflow of joy in his heart from such forgiveness, that he would spread the wealth and, of course, be forgiving himself as he was forgiven. Well, that's what should have happened, right? Not in this parable. This forgiven and free servant goes out and finds a fellow servant who owes him a hundred denarii. Well, how much is that? Well, it's roughly a hundred days of wage for a laborer. Let's just say it's a hundred bucks. It's significant, but, but nowhere near the debt the first servant had. So the forgiven and free servant begins choking the other servant who owes him $100, demanding that he pay it back. And the one being choked says the same thing that the first servant said to the king. He pleads, have patience with me and I will pay it back. But instead of incurring the debt himself, instead of forgiving as he was forgiven, he demanded payment and had his debtor locked up until the debt was paid in full. Of course, we're all shaking our head at this, aren't we? But why? Are you shaking your head because you think that this servant should have done better? should have forgiven the little debt in light of the great debt that he was released from? Or, or, or are you shaking your head because you identify with this servant who even after being forgiven much, so reluctant to forgive? What happens in the parable? The king who at first forgave the astronomical debt brings justice to bear on the unforgiving servant for his 
unwillingness to forgive the debt of the other, even after his own debt was forgiven. And he throws him into jail, never to see the light of day again. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. He said it to Peter in the twelve. He says it to us. If your brother is asking for patience and pleading for mercy, forgive him. If he is showing any signs of remorse or repentance, forgive him. If they are delusional and unaware of the enormity of the debt that they owe, forgive them. Why? (laughs) Because the king has already forgiven you. Your debt was astronomical. Patience is what is needed for, for you to... Uh, patience was, was not what was needed for you to repay. His mercy was. For there was no way in heaven that you could have ever hoped to repay the king what you owe. Christ the king had pity. He showed mercy. Being crowned with thorns, this king incurred your debt. With the shedding of his blood, your debt was paid in full. It is finished. You are forgiven. You are freed. What are you free to do? Forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow his lead. Forgive your neighbor, your spouse, your child. Forgive those who owe you when they ask for patience and mercy. Seven times, 77 times, doesn't matter. Forgive. For those who are delusional and show no signs of repentance or remorse, forgive them too. That may be... Uh, that maybe they will see a reflection of the king in your actions. And if not, entrust them to the king's justice. And pray for them that they may know his pity, his mercy, and his forgiveness before it's too late. Christ the king is patient and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He has forgiven your great debt, and he has set you free to forgive others. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Amen. May the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our loving, forgiving, and patient King. Amen.